Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I'm pretty. I know I'm pretty. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is... Welcome in to another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I am Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Instagram and on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT. The only thing I ever ask you is to let people know that Jonathan Hood talks wrestling Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN, on the Chicago app, the ESPN Chicago app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whether it's Google Podcasts. Just tell people that I'm talking wrestling. I want people to be able to be part of the TWT tribe as we do this talking professional wrestling slash sports entertainment with you. Well, this special TWT is going to revolve around NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021. It took place at the CWC Center in Orlando, Florida. So, you know, there's been organizations over the years that has gone through a transition. Going through a transition where you have athletes that are moving out of the company. You have athletes that are moving up to Raw and SmackDown. This has been something that's happened for a long time in professional wrestling. And when I see NXT, I see that this is an organization that's in transition. You've heard me say on past episodes of TWT that there's never been a bad takeover. And I still say that. I mean, there's has never been an NXT takeover that was horrible. I will say that this is the bottom five takeover of all time, though. There's no question about that. Because the organization's in transition. Let's go through the card and talk about it together. So... The main event is Karrion Cross defeating Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Kyle O'Reilly to retain the NXT Championship. They are trying to push Karrion Cross in a big way as a credible champion. And I saw this match and I said, five-way, offer in your house. I'm like, okay, there's no way that there's going to be a title change here. It was not believable because of the build. You know, we've seen this in the WWE for so many years where... You have a guy that comes out with a microphone, another guy comes out with a microphone, another one, another one, and they all feel they want a piece of the pie. They all feel that they should be the champion. They feel that they should be the number one contender. It's just the WWE formula that has been tired for a long time. There's other ways to be able to get to a certain level, a certain way to be able to get your story across, but there was nothing that convinced me that Karrion Cross was going to lose that championship. He's the greenest wrestler in this group. I mean, Adam Cole as NXT champion, one of the greats that they've had in that company for that brand. Pete Dunne. I think Pete Dunne at times is kind of one-dimensional. At at times, the promo is kind of one-dimensional, so he's got to be able to develop, I think, over time. He's a damn good wrestler, don't get me wrong, but there has to be another gear in his game. Johnny Gargano with the way. I mean, We've seen him in a lot of great matches. I just think that he gets lost in the sauce with all these wrestlers together. And then Kyle O'Reilly, who's kind of lost also, like after his battle with Adam Cole, 
what's next for Kyle O'Reilly, right? I mean, is he ever going to be a serious contender or carry the NXT championship? I have no idea. But I watched the match, and I just thought, yeah, you know, good match. You know, spot fest, it's fine. But it, but I never thought that, okay, Cross seriously is going to lose his championship. And I understand that they want to be able to make him out of something special. I haven't seen that just as of yet. Um, credible promo against uh, Lord Stephen Regal. Um, I thought that that was interesting. Um but I, but nothing that tells me that for sure um that that this is a next level guy carrying cross because i think it's very early lord w- uh, william regal sorry G- gave him his wcw name you know what i was talking about uh raquel gonzalez defeating ember moon by pinfall to retain the nxt women's championship watch the match do not believe raquel gonzalez is a credible champion yet. This is the case of is Raquel Gonzalez making the championship or is the championship making her? I think it's the latter. Uh, I think that even with more seasoning, she's going to be someone that's like, boy, very tall. She There is some power there, but it just, her and Ember Moon just did not click, especially early in the match, but then it got better moving forward. But I want to see more from Raquel Gonzalez. She's the champion, but at this point, I think the championship's making her uh, let's, you know, it's kind of like the Bianca Belair for me. It's like, yes, she's the champion, but, you know, are you on the same level as some of those veterans in that locker room? And, like, Bianca is not yet, but she will as far as three, four, five-star matches on a regular basis as champion. And I think that Raquel Gonzalez is in that same place. I mean, fine, that she's a champion, sure. It puts her in a position where she can really be able to thrive and have better opponents and get better in the ring. But, I mean, I didn't think any much of this match also. I just think right now Raquel needs even more seasoning while she's champion. The latter match was the best match on the card for me. L.A. Knight defeated Cameron Grimes to win the Million Dollar Championship. And let me just stop here and talk about Zia Lee uh, defeating Mercedes uh, Martinez. I thought that that was kind of weird. I thought it was a decent match. I know that Zia Lee's getting pushed more than Glacier did in WCW. I mean, all the vignettes, all the things that make you think that she's credible, the five and ten second matches, uh, it's good. It's a good storytelling. I just thought at the end, I just thought it was odd. Like, Zia Lee is this killer, but yet she was just kind of set aside. Mercedes Martinez going after her mentor. I don't know what that's supposed to be. That person is that Kendo Nagasaki underneath there. I have no idea underneath that mask and all that garb. I have no idea. Um, but, um, I think that Zia Lee, she, she's getting pushed for a reason, um, as someone that is going to be a serious contender for the NXT championship. We'll watch, watch for that. And the six man tag team winners, the take all match again in transition, you're pushing a young Bronson Reed. I love the super heavyweights that can be able to move like a cruiserweight. Reed shows you something. That's a guy for the future for Raw and SmackDown as a super heavyweight. that could do a lot of different things. MSK. I've heard like, oh, the next Young Bucks, the next Fantastics, the next Rock and Roll Express. Like, okay, be careful now. I mean, these guys move around and they do a lot of great things. Uh, but, you know, I know that they're pushing MSK and they like them a lot, the personality, everything else. But we want to see more from MSK too, right? So I like what I see so far. I just want to see them take it to another level. They took on uh, Legato Del Fantasma. 
and they won by pinfall the take all match. It was an interesting concept, but you still know what happened there. So uh, Bronson Reed and MSK won the match and they retained the championships. I want to talk about story though for a second because I always want to finish off those other matches in what I thought was like a C plus takeover. But the best match on the card was the ladder match between L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship. The best thing I could say about NXT is that they had this match and it had a story behind it. Whether you think it is true that Cameron Grimes got into a lot of money or not, whether it felt like Bruce Pritchard actually felt like you know twenty five years ago in your house and kind of kind of interesting kind of weird storyline with Ted DiBiase outbidding Cameron Grimes. Somehow Cameron Grimes went from a heel to a baby face and LA Knight who comes in there and I listen, I, I watched uh, Eli Drake for a long time in a lot of different places. And I know that he's got a great gift to gab and I know that he can go some just recently in the NWA. So I know that he can go, but the, the new Eli Drake now known as LA Knight is very good. Very good in the ring. And I thought they put on one hell of a match. And I felt like, man, it really were stakes on the line. Even though it's kind of like, okay, you know, it, it was kind of back and forth and kind of, I won't say silly, but it just kind of typical WWE after watching. But the the thing that really made it even more interesting for me is to see Ted DiBiase back. And I know the Million Dollar Championship means a lot to a lot of WWF fans from the past and how Ted created the Million Dollar Championship. I get it. I don't know if that is something that resonates with today's fans, but if you were a longtime WWF fan from back then, you know how important the Million Dollar Championship was. And so Ted was a big factor. I mean, he comes from Mid-South and comes to the WWE and Vince McMahon has an idea and he wanted to have someone that was a million dollar man. Uh, if you go to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, you'll hear Bruce tell the story of like Vince McMahon on a plane with Bruce. And Vince says, okay, watch this. There's a guy like next to Vince that's smoking. This is when you can smoke on planes apparently during this time. And he says, Bruce, watch this. And Vince says... Hey, pal, put out the cigarette, pal. Put out the cigarette. Goddamn. And the guy's like, no, I'm not putting out the cigarette. Vince says, I'll give you $100 if you put out the cigarette. Goddamn, pal. And the guy's like, no, I'm not You put out the cigarette. $200. $300. dollars $500. He put the cigarette out. The guy's like, yeah, I'll put it out. And Vince said, you see, everybody's got a price. It it actually was Vince McMahon's idea to have the million dollar man. And Vince made that guy put out his cigarette for three, four, five hundred dollars, whatever the final amount was. That's amazing. And so now Ted becomes a million dollar champion and he's actually living the gimmick. They gave him petty cash. They gave him money on the road to like buy whatever he wanted to at a restaurant. He was living the gimmick. Like 24 hours a day. You don't get that today. Everyone exposes themselves on social media. They get out of character and they do whatever the hell they want to because we're not in kayfabe anymore. So we can do what we want and we can play with our, our dogs and cats and we're not mean and we're not baby face. You know, whatever, right? So, but during that time, Ted was living the gimmick. 
So it's one of the best gimmicks of all time in wrestling, in my view. So that was at stake. The million-dollar championship, high above the ring, ladders, everything else, right? And LA Knight defeats Cameron Grimes. And I thought that was the best match because of story. Which leads me to this when it comes to the NXT brand. I've always respected Triple H. I've always respected what he does for the NXT brand. I've said for many years now that NXT reminds me of when I was growing up. It's territory wrestling with money. Meaning that the lights, the production, that's with money. But the pretty much the, the company, the NXT brand, is kind of like territory wrestling. Feels small, small arena, not a lot of fans there. Lights kind of dip down low and you just have wrestling. And wrestling is cool for me. I love that, right? I love a good match. But I think in today's wrestling for 2021 and moving forward, you have to have story. And I think that if nothing else with this ladder match with L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes, whether you like the uh, story or not, there was a story that was built to be able to get to that point. NXT is light on story. They're light on story. You can say the same thing for Raw and SmackDown, but we're not getting into that today because you know you watch the product, you know, right? I would say this, that it would be amazing if the WWE overhaul, including NXT, it would be amazing overall if the WWE had more storylines like Roman Reigns and his family and the Usos. That's storytelling. Week after week, it is going through every SmackDown show where you can't help to see what's next for Roman Reigns. Is he going to wrestle? What's he going to say? What are the Usos going to say? Are the Usos you know, separating? Are they going to be together? Are they plotting against Roman Reigns? See, there's questions in writing and interest with Roman Reigns. There are people that are not even wrestling fans are watching this every week on Fox, and they're like, well, what's going to happen next? This is interesting, because Roman does not acting like all the other wrestlers and reading off a, you know, a script and, and sounding robotic. He sounds different. And NXT, when it comes to this brand, it's light on stories. That's a problem. And as much as I like a match, I mean, I can find a match anywhere. I can go to YouTube and say, what's happening in Germany and watch a great match. I can go to the UK and just gonna go back and go back to watching wrestling before the pandemic in UK and say, boy, that's a great match. I go to to AAA and go to Mexico. I can go to Puerto Rico and say, boy, that's a great match. I can go back to the eighties and nineties. That's a, but as a matter of fact, just the other day I was watching um, Bret Hart against Owen Hart in Chicago uh, at SummerSlam in the early nineties. A great cage match, right? Because I like, like, because I know it's a good match, so I was just looking for it and I just watched it. But NXT has to understand that if they're going to move forward here, and I know again it's a transition. I've seen this many times in wrestling where it's like guys are shipped out, women are shipped in, guys are you know whatever it is. I know it's a trans. When Karrion Cross is your NXT champion, and you have Raquel Gonzalez as your NXT Women's Champion, you're trying to build on something, and and so I get it. I'm patient enough to watch, but story must matter. The storylines must matter all the time when it comes to NXT. Uh, and having said that, let me just transition here and talk about, speaking of transition, we'll go to Triple H and some things that Triple H said. If you go into the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, 
you'll hear the call. Whenever I find this online, I always try to post this for you to hear because I think context is very good when you hear before the event or after the event, you know, whether it's Tony Khan or whether it's Triple H, uh, when they talk and they give their opinion of what's to come on this card or what's the, what's, what's not going to happen with the, I always think that's very interesting. If you go back into the archives, you can hear Triple H on his media call talk about the fans and talk about um, women's wrestling. So let's go back in time, and I want to comment on this because I've got something for Triple H here on this podcast that I want to talk about. Next, we'll move to Gary Cassidy with Inside the Rope. Hi, Paul. Hello. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Um, so, a lot of times on these kind of calls, I've asked you about the NXT women's division. I know yourself and Shawn Michaels very proudly say it's the best in the world. It's hard to argue with that. Um, with that being said, bit of a double-edged one. Sasha Banks recently spoke about her vision for an all-women's show. Mickey James has announced an all-women's pay-per-view with NWA, and she said she wants the best women in the world, regardless of contractual status. Will we see any women from NXT appear in NWA this August, or has, perchance, an all-women's pay-per-view show been discussed in WWE at all? Haven't we already done them? <laughs> Another one, then. It's, 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 it's a funny thing to me. I just don't... So equality is equality. Equality is not, I want my own show. Equality is not, um, we have to have our own program. Uh, if you, if I told you that I was making an all-men's program and I didn't want women on it, it would be criticized. It, you know, I, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Um, I do think it's funny when people go, I want the, I want the best in the world regardless of contractual status. Well, why, why, like, I'm sorry, from a business person's standpoint, then why do we have contractual status? Right? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, I, if you want to wrestle the best women in the world, come to the WWE. That's where they are. If you want to go elsewhere and say that they are, that's an opinion. Um, and you can. But, it, but it, it, it is what it is. And, and I, you know, while I'm, I'm all for it, I was one of the biggest drivers of it. Um, and, and will we do another all-women's event down the line? But possibly. But, it, you know, it's, it's not the must-have in the moment. I, I think we do an amazing job of displaying our, our uh, female athletes. And is it perfect? No. Will it always be in flux? Yes. Um, but I think we do a pretty good job. And, and my opinion, and again, my opinion, the best female performers in the world are in WWE. And, and if they're not, they want to be. So let's discuss this again. What you just heard was part of the media call before NXT takeover in your house. And there is a reporter you heard overseas asking the question. Um, if you couldn't make it out, he's talking about uh, Mickey James wanted to have an all women's event in St. Louis for the NWA brand. And you heard Triple H kind of just. I don't know, ruffle his feathers, pretty much saying, if you look at for the best, it's in the WWE. And people lost their shit online. 
hearing Triple H say that and seeing the quotes from the media call saying that, you know, how could he say that the best women are, I mean, what about Dr. Britt Baker? What about, what about the women in AEW? What about the women in the NWA? What about the women in New Japan and wrestling all over the country and around the world? Those are the, the be- okay, stop. I I saw this issue online where people were like, how could he say that? Because he works for the WWE. And until someone knocks off Vince as far as, uh, from a media standpoint, having a show on Fox and USA and having a billion-dollar company and a public-traded company and the history of the WWE going back to the 1960s, until you can be able to uh, knock them off to replace them as the placeholder in North America and in a lot of places around the world as far as the top dog in professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. Uh, this is who they are. Triple H, they, some people thought he was like tone deaf and not thinking about all the wrestlers in, uh, in other companies. No, he's aware of those particular wrestlers because he wants those wrestlers to be in the WWE or in an NXT brand. So I had no problem with him saying that. Um, you know... <laughs> I understand that, you know, despite they're saying, oh, well, no contractual status. Anybody can come to this NWA all women's event. Well, I mean, there's a reason why that these WWE wrestlers and AEW wrestlers are under contract because they, they the promoters don't want them to go someplace else and help uh, another brand win, help another brand get money. This is something that's big. Mickey James, I just read today, she's going to be involved in this all-women's event, and I don't know who's all going to be in it, but it's it's interesting, right? The NWA is trying to make a move, um, and I'd love to be able to get Billy Corrigan on this podcast. We're going to try to work that out, because I'd like to know what is on his mind regarding what he wants to do and where he wants to take this NWA brand. And Mickey James behind it, people respect Mickey James. He's a Hall of Famer. I totally get it. I get it. So I didn't have a problem with that. Here's where I have a problem with Triple H as far as him being tone deaf. Uh, Dave Meltzer asks about, he asked like a six minute question. So I'm not going to play that for you, but I will play the response for Triple H because ultimately what Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer was asking is, so NXT is not the same NXT as it once was because wrestlers leave the NXT brand and they go to Raw and SmackDown and they get squashed. And for the most part, that is the case. And Triple H had a response to that as well. Yeah, so, the, you know, one way of looking at it is mis- misused. Another way of looking at it is things don't always pan out. Like, look, there are players that play in the NFL. There are there are players that play in college football, and people cannot wait for them to get to the NFL, and they get to the NFL, and it doesn't work. It just yeah. doesn't pan out. And, and you could say, well, the team misused them or mismanaged them or or the, the coach that the team they played for didn't put them in the right role or do whatever, but there, there can be a million reasons. Um, you know, it can also be that sometimes talent don't fit in a particular place or talent got to a particular place and then thought, oh, I made it, and that was the end of their growth curve. Um, sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, there's, there's a lot of factors. Um, as NXT has grown, one of the things that has changed about it is it, and, and, Look, there's there is a there is a question there when you say so. What is NXT? Is it just strictly a developmental, where you're looking for everybody there to eventually move on, or is it or is it its own brand? Is it its own um, 
its own uh, organization, its own um, grouping. You know, the it'll be an interesting place of sort of the criticisms. Uh, you know, a year or two in, three years in, four years in, that was a heavy knock on NXT. And and I look, I don't know if you remember it that way, but I do. And for me, doing the interviews at that time, it was always said, how can I get into this brand whenever I get excited about a talent, they move on. It, it, it kills me for the brand, and I don't like it, and it was a heavy-duty criticism. Um, that was for the you know first three, four years, and then it, that morphed into a different place where people got accustomed to that, and it switched. The brand changed again. And it's, and it's changed into a place where, yeah, there are going to be some talent that will be in, in a position for a long time. They, they might not fit different places. They might not want to go different places. There are some talent that, that, that don't want to, uh, to, to leave and to expand beyond, that they, they don't want to. Um, maybe the, the schedule doesn't work for them uh, physically, whatever it is. You know, so, so there's a lot of options there. It's a funny thing to me sometimes that in our business, everybody is so worried about where people are going to go or land or how is this going to play out long-term in the future. How about watch it? Do you like it or do you not like it? Do you like it and, and do you like it? Do you have to say, well, I like it, but I, oh, I like this other thing more. Or I like it, but I don't like it as much as I like that one. Like, it's just, it's just watch it or don't, you know. And, and stop trying to figure out where everything goes. Fans ruin their own stuff half the time trying to figure out where everything goes and why it's going there and how, and then trying to pick up their phone and go search for the thing to find out what it is that can ruin it for them so they're not surprised when it happens. Like, I don't understand that. Um, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with what the brand is. I'm happy with where it is. Do I want it to get better? Yes. Do I want it to grow? Yes. Do I want it to expand? Yes. But again, people will take this line and use it out of context and, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm not here to make a brand that's around for a few years or, or a few minutes or, you know, I want it to be long-term. And, and how's it going to be long-term? It's, it's, it's going to morph and evolve. It shouldn't be the same. If it's the same three years from now or four years from now as it is right now, we made a mistake. So the thoughts there from Triple H. Okay, let's talk about this. As I've told you before <laughs> on this podcast, I am a fan of tri- what Triple H is trying to do at NXT. But you see what happens when you're in the office too long in Connecticut. You get this arrogance, this brazen attitude about fans and about the business. Watch it or don't watch it. I mean, if you like it, like it. If you don't, you don't. What is that? What is that? Is he running UFC with that? I mean, really, he sounds like Dana White when I'm hearing this conference call. He has forgotten. He's forgotten what it's like to just be a fan. You mean tell me when he was a fan, he would just sit there in wherever he's from, you know, from Connecticut or New Hampshire or wherever he's from, Rhode Island. And he sat there as a kid and just watched wrestling and never said, you know what, I wish this guy was pushed or I wish this guy would win. He's forgotten what that's like to be a fan. I'm listening to what you just listened to, and I'm saying to myself, I'm like, golly, man. You you don't remember what it's like to be a fan? 
uh, you know, people trying to figure out, you know, where this guy's going, where this guy's going, where, what's happening with this. Well, that's called episodic television. I don't care if it's wrestling or if it's any other um, part of entertainment. When you're watching a TV show and you see a cliffhanger, which you get very few of those in the WWE, by the way, because they don't do those very they don't do those very well. The point is, is that you are interested in where a storyline is going. You can't speculate, I guess, from the standpoint of Triple H. You can't speculate. You can't guess with your friends on social media. You can't wonder, like, hey, you know, where is this storyline? What's wrong with asking? What's all, what's wrong with speculating? We see this on social media all the time. Like, what we are is fans, and we hope that the storyline turns out the way we want. Sit back and watch, and just put your phone down, and you know, put your computer down. Just watch the program, no matter what. Just like robotized sheep, just watch it. Now, keep in mind that for WWE fans, for a lot of WWE fans. You know, this is their brand. No matter how shitty it is or how good it is or how mediocre it is, no no matter what, they'll watch because it's their brand. And I get that. I understand. But at the same time, you have to be able to take into account if you're Triple H forward-thinking fans, fans that are interested in the brand that says, you know what, I'm interested in what's happening next. Hey, if I'm going to spend money going to a, a house show's, if I'm going to go to pay-per-views, if I'm going to invest my time putting money into Peacock or whatever streaming service you get to be able to watch WWE programming, you or if you're going to sit down and just watch it on a Monday or Friday or whenever they air, hey, you're just interested. And that's what we are as fans, just interested in what's going on. Has he forgotten about that? Just sit there uh, and just watch the show. Uh, really? Like it or don't like it. People get messed up because fans get into their own stuff. They get mis- they get mixed up. Just watch your show. Uh, what? <laughs> I would never say that in his position. You know, I think it's funny that people, yeah, they're just they're so concerned about who's going where and what's happening. Just sit back and watch the show. Uh, great. Don't think that's smart to tell the consumer just to sit back and just watch the show. How about improve the product? How about tell some stories on the, on the NXT brand? I don't mean one story. I mean multiple stories. Why don't you, as you go through transition, why don't you do that? I like the, the, a lot of the stars on NXT. But at the same time, you got to get better. You know, there's a, there's a time that brand was hot. And I know they're going through a process right now. You know, I saw one report, I don't know if it's real or not, I saw that one report from NoDQ.com or whatever that said that, you know, tr- that Vince McMahon knows that the product is stale, he wants to change it. I don't even know if that's true or not, but we know that the product is stale. I mean, Roman Reigns is the hottest thing on that Raw or, or on the SmackDown brand and the hottest thing on Raw or SmackDown. So, I, you know, whether I know the product is stale. You know why it's stale? is because it, they're not trying to push multiple stars you know the rock stone cold steve austin undertaker over and over again you know the wrestlers of the 90s that actually were stars so roman reigns and then what who's the next star who what else who are the what's the next level star in this company not the people that you like i'm talking about the next star you know a star when you see it and so who is that for the wwe anyway uh, a couple of the housekeeping things uh, i want to talk about Let's see. So I saw a tweet from Warrior Wrestling. That is a local outfit 
uh, in Chicago, a local wrestling company. And then, you know, I know that, um, I know that, uh, Corey Graves' brother, uh, Russell, wrestles there. I know that Brian Pillman Jr. has wrestled there. I, I've been to several shows. I don't try to just have this, you know, big placard saying, Hey, look at me. I'm Jonathan Hood from Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And I'm here. Now, I'm, if I go to a, an independent wrestling show, I try to just fade into the background. I'm not, I'm a fan like anyone else. I don't need special treatment. I'm just a fan. But I just find it interesting that someone, a, a referee of some distinction that works for Warrior Wrestling, reached out to me because over the last few days I've been talking about how the Chicago Bears football team might move to Arlington Heights away from Chicago and that it'd be great for Chicago to host a WrestleMania with a dome on it. And this this official uh, for Warrior Wrestling says... I've heard you talk about you know WrestleMania. Why don't you come out and see independent wrestling? See what we do in the Indies. And once again, <laughs> I found that tweet interesting because now he's trying to he follows me on Instagram and Twitter and all. And I responded to this gentleman. Let's see if I can find the tweet. Um, I I find it funny that people don't know my um, my background in wrestling. So Jeremy the ref, and I responded to him, I said, well, I've been to several of your shows, and I'm aware of what the indies are all about, having worked for several and been a fan for quite some time. Uh, I would still like WrestleMania to come to Chicago in a big way so I can enjoy both worlds, meaning independent wrestling like Warrior Wrestling and WrestleMania. I mean, th- this um, individual is telling me that, hey, you know... um, I I should be able to check out indie wrestling as if I don't know what independent wrestling is. I have plenty of respect for independent wrestling. But I just find it funny that he just thinks I'm just talking about WrestleMania. Hey, come check out independent wrestling. I've seen your show. I've seen multiple shows. And I've worked for several independent companies as a play-by-play man in Chicagoland area. Um, So I just, I found that to be uh, interesting, that tweet that I got. Um, and by the way, a shout out to the combination of Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. I understand that in this generation, like Michael Cole is like the guy, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that he's very good for the sports entertainment era of professional wrestling. I think he's fine doing that. But, you know, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee watching the latest... Uh, Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, I think they did a really good job in commentary. Pat McAfee is fitting in nicely. I listen to his show, his radio show, he's always got things to say. He's very controversial, and he's very engaging. And I just think it sounds, it's a different rhythm, it sounds good when I hear Pat McAfee on there, because it doesn't sound typical WWE. So shout out to Pat McAfee. I think he does a great job with Michael Cole when I'm watching SmackDown. It's different, and I like it. So don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And the next thing that you'll hear is my thoughts uh, about Hell in the Cell uh, that took place. I'll be glad when they get out of that Thunderdome, man, and we'll get it with some fans. That would be great to know. That would be great to see that, to see fans uh, at a WWE event for their television because that Thunderdome is getting old real, real quick. Uh, so I look forward to that. And I'll talk about Hell in the Cell coming up in our next pay-per-view. Thanks so much for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Tell people that Jonathan Hood talks wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.